Hey, everybody. Welcome into episode seven of your corporate global dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hawes. And I'm your host, William Spicer. Spicer, we've got a really great show ahead today. A couple small trades, some good week five recaps, some games, some awards, and some breaking news. Le'Veon Bell has just been released by the New York Jets. Wow, this is breaking live on the air. Spicer, what do you think about this? Oh, uh, you know, wild times, great week. But in terms of Le'Veon, you know, there's some discussion about, like, is this good for Le'Veon? Is this bad for Le'Veon? Uh, I honestly don't know because I think Le'Veon is just too old to care at this point but for it to matter to him. But I think overall, if he can... I My problem is I can't think of the best home for him. I'm guessing maybe L.A. with the Chargers um, would probably be his best home to end up with. Uh but he does get out of a terrible, terrible organization. Just an awful organization. So, you can't get much worse than the Jets, right? Like, if he lands anywhere, it's better. But if he doesn't play, that's really the only thing worse at this yeah. point to me. That's right. And he will play. Somebody go at him. Uh, especially, you know, with... I mean, I know he's he's had some weird stuff in the past with his holdout and things like that. But I truly, truly believe that he's not as bad as it he was appearing to be on paper at least stats wise just from being with the jets completely inept offense uh, adam gase is is known for being weird and having kind of a, a strange ego or or attachment to players that are like you know he brought in kalen Bellage, who is just awful uh as a running back and tried to make that work and it just seems like it was never gonna work out in new york so We'll see. Hopefully he goes somewhere, somewhere where it's going to work out for him uh, fantasy-wise. But uh, aside from that breaking news, let's get into a couple quick trades that we had before the week started. Uh, I had a, a huge blockbuster trade of sending Kyle Allen to touchdown to Nabby with Rob uh, for $55. Spicer, did this uh, move the needle for you? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> for, uh, a good trade for Rob, though. In all honesty, like I think that like it's good for you too. You needed to have some money to get back to um, being able to pick up players off the waiver wire and be able to wager some amount of money to do so. And he needed, you know, his quarterback situation. So, yeah, my thought here was I knew that Allen was was going to be starting, but he was never going to see my lineup unless there was an injury. Since I already have three other quarterbacks. And I had already spent all my fab budget this season by picking up uh, a couple big names. So hopefully this $50 allows me to get someone random that pops up later in the season. Uh, and then obviously it makes sense for Rob as well. And then next, uh, you had our other trade, a little bit bigger one here. You get Brady's second round pick and his fourth round pick in exchange for sending him Teddy Bridgewater and... Brady's fourth round pick. So a fourth round pick swap here, uh, which I'm Wait, guessing. I actually have one more play. I got I got Jameis Winston coming my way from Brady oh. too. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't <clears throat> include that. That that is definitely a big part of it there. So the the fourth round swap there uh, should improve your draft spot by a few spots. I imagine that's why you did it. And then Jameis, yeah, you have Drew Brees. It was that kind of the thinking and going for him. Yeah. So, so the the tough thing with my quarterback situation with Cousins, Wentz, and Drew Brees, it's like Drew Brees is rarely going to give me like a Pat Mah- Patrick Mahomes like thirty point game, 
but also like he gets to 15 points every week and i have alvin kamara so i just rack just like raking the dump off pass points there and so i've and then i have cousins and wentz who it's like i just hope one of them becomes that like drew Brees when he retires one of them mostly cousins becomes another just like old man standing there dumping it off dalvin cook kind of players and so i'm thinking to myself like i loved Jameis winston throwing for five thousand yards um (laughs) and so if he can if he can learn it for just like even this one season and another um and drew Brees retires and he gets to try to start in new orleans that could be a really good situation for Jameis. and out of like that quarterback class of like Mariota and Jameis. Jameis has like the most, still the best, like, sort of like physical set to play in the NFL with. Still, I think like he can he can just launch the ball. So, yeah, absolutely. I I agree with that. I think he stands the best chance at uh, getting back to a starting job there. I wouldn't be shocked if he stays a backup, but I also wouldn't be shocked if he gets some type of chance to be the starter in New Orleans. And maybe even this year, if things go bad for the Saints or if Breezy gets hurt hurt again, he's clearly the backup. It's not Taysom Hill. Um, gosh, I, I don't know. if we Have we talked about my hatred for Taysom Hill on the podcast? Not on the podcast, but I would love to because you know I have Taysom Hill too on my team. Yeah, I know that you and many other Americans are excited by Taysom Hill and his antics. I think it's stupid. I think it is a slap in the face to a lot of other great athletes in the NFL that Sean Payton, for some reason, loves him. I, I don't know if like Taysom Hill dates Sean Payton's daughter or something, or if he has some type of like blackmail over him, but enough is enough like these stupid little plays they don't work like maybe one in like 15 that they try work but it's not like when they work it's like some mystical magical like 80 yard touchdown or like game changing momentum swinging thing it's just like wow that was a cool 15 yard run by this you know tall white guy it's like i hate Taysom Hill. it's so stupid you can tell like if you watch drew Brees' face when he gets moved out for these packages he's just like okay like i i have to do this like they brought him in several times in that really crucial chargers game didn't do anything so Taysom hill's stupid put in someone that if you're going to do these little trick plays like put in an actual like good athlete like um, pac-man jones i'm like we pac-man <laughs> jones exactly so that's my mini Taysom hill rant i think it, i think he's stupid uh, I love. I'm just pissed off that he still hasn't been designated as a tight end, and he's designated <laughs> as a tight end in other leagues. He had he had a touchdown this week. Yeah, that was just so so impressive. He has he has he has like as many touchdowns as Kenyon Kenyon Drake at this point. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's saying much, but yeah, the just the novelty of him, it just it doesn't do it for me. And maybe it's because of the history of like when he used to count as a quarterback in a tight end or whatever in my like old Yahoo <laughs> league or something. It's just stupid. I don't like him. Um, well, let's uh, continue this thread with uh, finishing Teddy. up our NFL Week Five recap. Oh, we're gonna, we're, we're not even gonna talk about Teddy. We oh, even talk about I'm Brady. sorry. I don't even have it. I, I'm just all over the place. I'm recording <laughs> on my iPhone. Forgive me for all my technical and mental glitches today. Yeah. So you send away Teddy, who uh, I guess you don't necessarily need him on your team per se. And I think this does make sense for Brady to get him because. It's proven so far this season that Teddy can just win football games. Yeah. I think that, so the way I saw it was like, Teddy's not going to play for me because those other three that I was talking about. And Jameis is kind of in the same spot Teddy was when 
cousins came into Minnesota. Yeah. So I think that Jameis could have the exact same path as Teddy. So right. I was like, Brady needs a quarterback now. I kind of get a premium with a pick and my backup quarterback for the future. Like the trade is pr- what seemed like pretty fair, and it was very situational for each team. I think like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's where I was with that trade. We didn't yeah. get a lot of talk, chit chat in the even in the chat, even with that trade having some bigger players that normally get some movement there. Because I think right. I was like, yeah, okay, makes sense. Yeah, that was my thought when I saw it. I, like, I literally looked at it and like, huh, yep, that that seems fair, makes sense. You know, it is interesting. When I saw Brady trade away his second, I thought, man, I feel like Brady's made several moves now like this. And then I looked, and he still has two first round picks. And a third, and then he's got three fourth round picks and two fifths. So Brady is uh, is has been trading quite a lot, making some good moves. I think this is another one that makes sense for him as he continues to push into the the playoff picture there at, at number five. So great move. All right, now let's talk about week five. Uh, there's some good and some bad here across the board. Let's start with the bad. Dak Prescott, a horrible <sighs> injury. One of those, I don't know, I'm, I don't usually consider myself a squeamish person, but this one was hard for me to to watch. Or really, the pictures is what did it for me. Yeah, it's a, that was, all, all those sorts of things are pretty tough, right? Like, those 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 uh, body parts not pointing in the correct direction. There's yeah. just something about them that does something to your brain. It's like being in the surrealist dream, almost, yeah. like... Yeah, it's rough, and I, I genuinely felt really terrible for Dak watching him being carted away and, and in tears, and just thinking about how he had, you know, they had held out from paying him this year and franchise tagged him. I think maybe, or at least maybe he was just in the last year. I can't remember, but everyone's been talking about, you know, are they going to pay him? How much are they going to pay him? They've put in so much money already with Zeke into the offense, and they've got all these receivers and paid Cooper. And people expected them to pay and also expected this team to be better than it was already this year. And they weren't. And now this and hopefully he'll be able to come back and, you know, get a good contract still. I I know that he is a mobile quarterback and this will impact his game some. But I think I would imagine he should be able to come back and still play and be be a decent quarterback. But I don't know if he'll play for the Cowboys again. Yeah, it's a real it's a real shame. I think, though, that the. The quarterback market is going to be so hard. Like, I don't like. I don't think you can. I think you have to at least bring him back one more time, right? Like after the injury, because there's like it's worth that whatever risk that is, and they're for for worse really. But like, they're gonna be able to get him at a discount, I think potentially. So there's something to be said there. I think they just need to buy. Like, it's gonna everything they should be trading for draft capitaling into is offensive linemen. Nothing else matters yeah. <laughs> except Des- Dak Prescott's protection. Yeah, the defense has got to get better too, but yeah, I, I agree. I think you, you got to give him a, another chance, and even if it's a shorter-term deal, I'm sure he and his agent will be appreciative of, of that with uh, the circumstances. But uh, fantasy implications too, of course, it always feels kind of morbid to talk about that at the same time, but that's that's why we do this podcast, so we're going to do it. But a really tough break for the popular ballers losing Dak. Already lost uh, Christian McCaffrey, who should come back soon, but uh, this team has been plagued with injuries. And this was another really bad one. Uh, Julio's been missing time as well. Uh, Minshew and Watson. You think that's enough to get it done for the ballers at QB? 
I think so. I do think that the one thing Minshew has going for them is that AFC South quarterbacks, like, not a lot of great defenses this year in the AFC South, so you get to play a lot of bad or, like, middling defenses. So I think he'll be fine. Yeah, Minshew's been putting up some pretty decent numbers so far. And uh, I think, you know, the the problem here will, for him, for Aaron, will be that he doesn't have a quarterback now to sub in on the two bye weeks. So he'll either have to decide on kind of punting on this season or maybe making a trade, hoping for some free agency luck. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Somebody's going to get Andy Dalton uh, later today. So, all right, next I have the uh, Raiders-Chiefs game. This was uh, an interesting one. We finally see the Chiefs fall. And uh, not don't think this says anything crazy about the Chiefs per se, but I'm curious, Spicer, are the Raiders good? Um, I think so. They, I, And I love it. I love that the Raiders are good. I love that John Gruden is back, baby, and he is doing it with his with his Las Vegas boys. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, but, I mean, when you every – it's one of those teams that I can name like five or six players off of. Like they like they have enough talent where it's like Darren Waller, Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Henry Renfro, or uh, like yeah, Renfro and Rugs. Like they yeah. they just have a lot of talented players, and John Gruden seems to know how to get them the ball. Like yeah, they've looked good so far on offense, and they play think, defense. Yeah, I mean it's. They're doing it. I mean, they. I think we were all kind of surprised with the Saints game earlier in the year, and we weren't really sure what to think about the Raiders. And then this clearly showed that they are uh, going to compete in the AFC. So, pretty exciting. Uh, the you know the the Chiefs had shown signs of vulnerability the past couple weeks, not with Baltimore surprisingly, but with the Chargers, who are also pretty good despite their record. I think Justin Herbert's been playing well. So. Yeah, I think obviously we think the Chiefs will be fine, but it looks like the Raiders are uh, for real. Yeah, they're well. I don't. I don't. I don't want to say for real yet. They're they're in the Titans' smoke and mirrors. Like we pound the rock, we throw the ball, we play enough defense. Like and they and that's how they like the Titan that game plan of running the ball against teams like the Chiefs. You know the the best defense against pa- Patrick Mahomes is chew up eight minutes of the clock on a seventy five yard drive. <laughs> that's you fair. Know, like. Yeah, very fair. They, uh, yeah, w- I am curious. They have a couple interesting games coming up too because they play uh, Tom Brady and then the Browns and then the Chargers in the next few weeks. And their losses so far are to the Patriots and the Bills. So they've lost to good teams, but they've also all three of their victories are against good teams too, with the Panthers, Saints, and Saints and Chiefs. So we'll see what happens there. Um, next, I just want to kind of this is more just because it's hilarious than anything else, but. Can you believe what the Fitz Magic Dolphins did to the 49ers? Oh my gosh, dude. How just an absolute just crushing. Yeah, this was to the nuts. face of the of the 49ers. I and Garoppolo was back and I didn't even realize that when the game started I, I don't really follow the Niners or their offense. I don't have any of their t- fantasy players anywhere I don't think but Rob was at my house watching some football and we just kept looking at that score you know scroll across the bottom of the TV and it was just continually blowing our minds and it was from the get-go too they were up like 14-0 in the start yeah yeah it was so fast also uh I I will say I was a little disappointed that it happened though 
Um, I know that Jimmy G doing poorly is good for Rob with a the backup situation, but I'm just so ready for Fitzpatrick to be pulled so Tua Tagovailoa can play. I'm just I just want to watch him play football. I'm sorry, Ryan. Like I've seen you do your Fitz magic thing before. It's time. It's time to. It's time to let someone else have their 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 th- six games. Yeah, <clears throat> it's time for for Ryan Oding to get his justice. Yeah, uh, and not Ryan Fitzpatrick because he needs to have very badly on his team. Um, yeah, you know I thought the same thing because <clears throat> the Dolphins, uh, like they've had some really bad weeks this year too. You know, and I thought that when they lost, they they played the Seahawks just fine, I guess, but. Um, uh, there's been just times when I thought, oh, okay, well, they're not winning consecutive games, so it's time for Tua. They haven't done it yet, but we'll see if it if it happens here soon, or if they maybe are just going to keep winning every other game. I don't know. All right, next, um, briefly, we got to mention the Falcons finally fired Dan Quinn. Thank goodness. Maybe can my quarterback Matt Ryan get some just something working better than what's happening right now? Yeah, uh, that. The Falcons, I, I, what an enigma to me. I do not, we were talking to, that is a, a strange NFL team to me for some reason. Like, I don't really watch them. I don't really like them. I don't really dislike them. They just exist. It must be the way that most people feel about the Titans. Hmm. Yeah, probably so. They, they give some exciting moments every now and then that Super Bowl run, but they're just, they choke a lot. And I don't know, maybe somebody gets in there, it's a new coach and turns, turns it around or at least, changes them from being serial chokers uh all right the last thing we're going to mention about week five is my boy russell wilson he cooked and i just got to ask you we'll talk about dk in a second but russell wilson so far has got to be the mvp this year right Mm, yeah yes like every game he's i mean man it's unreal yeah, I don't have the stats in front of me, and I, and Russell Wilson is is amazing. He's like that at this point in his career. He's like that Peyton Manning. I just do my job so well, like I just can do this. But it's hard for me to also argue, like, dude, Patrick Mahomes is just throwing the ball. He is just unbelievable this year. From uh, so he was the only one that would I think would be with Russell Wilson right now. Yeah, I don't know where they line up stats wise right now either, but I, I just know I've. I think the Seahawks have played on primetime maybe every single game because I I think I've watched them every week. And as far as being, you know, and DK is a big part of it, of two, of course, but as far as seemingly being one of the sole reasons that the team is is doing their thing, I think it it falls on Russell Wilson's shoulders because their defense isn't the Seahawks' defense we're used to. And there's just been several of these drives towards the end of the game where Russell Wilson just gets it done in most of the time it's been playing from behind or tied or something and uh, that was the case again when uh, the Vikings did not kick the field goal and you let Russell Wilson get the ball back even though it's 94 yards he he gets it done and I know you have a problem with the the Vikings in that situation yeah and like so here's the thing I I do love I look my the Titans coach is Mike Vrabel who does all this kind of dumbassery too like oh we're not we're not gonna kick the field goal we're gonna like we're going to go for the win now, right? And it, it is, it's a, you know, like like those old old church people say, you know, you you uh, love the call and uh, hate the outcome, you know? <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I hate 
the call as well. I just think I just think if you can go up to the point where a you cannot lose the game, it, you always do. And I know that's like not playing to win, but a, like the, playing to win is a stupid emotional thing that you've been told. Like if you kick the field goal, you're, so you, you sacrifice three points for 20 yards. That's essentially what you did. Yeah. Like you said, you sacrificed three points for 20 yards and you get, would have gotten to still run off like a few seconds while the ball's in the air. It's not like that play doesn't take up some time. Like, and your defense then doesn't have all the pressure to stop them. And they stopped on the two point conversion. So guess what? They would have won the game anyways. Yeah. When <laughs> like, I realized that they uh, would have needed that, you know, I was like, man, I bet he's really regretting this right now. But the Vikings are in a weird position of being, they were, you know, they were one and three going into the game. So maybe that plays into it. But it's kind of like, you know, like last year in our, uh, our gambling like contest, when I started to get behind, I just started picking the opposite of you guys just to try to catch up instead of actually using my brain. It felt like that's what they did here. <laughs> they were just like, oh, we really need to win instead of just using our brains so yeah yeah this is either you 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 the coach and the gm have a great relationship and know exactly what's going on or he's going to be fired very soon yeah there's some, um, some nerves going on there yeah but thankfully mike Vrabel and john robinson I, john was like yeah mike Vrabel does what he wants they're patriots bros so oh yeah there's there's trust there and rightfully so all right well that was a, a lot of week five talk we had some some good headlines there. It was a good week in the NFL. Uh, but let's get to the meat here, get into the corporate global recap. Uh, it was a pretty interesting week five. There was uh, some good matchups, uh, not a lot of close games again, uh, similar to last week. Um, I'm going to start off actually with with my game because it, it uh, did have the... the I, no, I guess Brady's did as well, but uh, Tuesday night implications. The rare Tuesday night uh, <laughs> game. with the, Which how the, amazing... The I had one of the best Tuesdays of my life yesterday. Yeah, I can see why. Uh, we will talk about that here at the end of the show. Uh, it was very exciting for uh, certain people. And I just, I don't I don't know what to do with my game. So I won 126 to 112 over Touchdown Nabby, which is Rob's team, of course. And going into the night, I had a small lead and... He still had Josh Allen and Devin Singletary, while well, I only had Diggs. And, you know, the little prediction said I only had a 28% chance to win. And I felt like that was pretty accurate because I was justifying it in my head. If, if Diggs can cancel out Singletary by maybe four points, I think it was like four to nine points of Josh Allen, uh, I would be fine. And unfortunately, we all saw what happened there. Yeah, uh, a rough... A rough go of it. Not good. Not yeah, not good. not good at all. Uh, especially for for Devin Singletary. Uh, I have him on my on my other team. I, I like him. He makes exciting plays, as we saw in the playoffs last year, and had been playing well the last couple weeks too. But uh, he was a dud this week, and uh, Josh Allen also kind of was, especially without getting his rushing points. He normally gets uh, eighteen fantasy points. Is is not enough for him. That's his lowest of the season so far. So. Um, it was a pivotal game for Rob's team. With He has Marley Magic coming up this week. Could have been a chance to get back to 500. Um, but now he has even further of a hill to climb ahead of him. All right, next up, let's do... Uh, we'll go ahead and get yours out of the way here, too. You had a, a 
massive victory, maybe the biggest of the season, 193 points against the popular ballers who scored 123 with the Dak injury as well as some uh, poor uh, performances in his flex spot. Uh, who did you want to highlight from your team this week? Um, you know, th- this. let me tell you, my team this week performed exactly how the Bruce Matthews is hoping to perform. Everyone got, I think, at least 15 points, and no one got above 25, except for the rookie, Justin Jefferson. He's learning, y'all. But everyone else pulled their <laughs> weight exactly as I want them to. Like, this was like, this would be, this is my absolutely going to plan situation. Um, you know, I do think, though, that Josh Jacobs uh, kind of got uh, lucky with that interception getting returned to the one-yard line. Yeah. With, so... <laughs> There's part of that. But I really want to give a shout-out to Darius Slayton with eight grabs for 130 yards. Um, great work. You know, yeah. I like to I, – sometimes I wondered about you, and I know that you have a tough tough go of it for the Giants, but great job, Darius. I would also like to give a shout-out to Darius Slayton because he uh, had eight receptions for 129 yards, and I was playing against Rob who had uh, Golden Tate and did not get those receptions in yards. So thank you, Mr. Slayton. You helped me win my game. Yeah, you had a great week. Uh, everyone did really well. Like you said, Jefferson's learning. Uh, middling week for Kirk Cousins, but still enough to to get it done by by far. So we'll see. Uh, the popular ballers are in a very unique position now. They're kind of in in this weird limbo where they could still make the playoffs. They're they're actually in the playoff picture at, at the sixth seed currently, uh, but their future has a lot of question marks. So I expect to either. S- I, either way, I expect that to see the popular ballers make some moves here in the coming weeks to either go all in or uh, start to get some youth and, and look towards 2021. Yeah, I think they're going to just... Once McCaffrey's back, I think that's when all the decisions get made. Or it's like the two weeks after that. Absolutely. Okay, let's... Next, we have the Pit Kings get back on track with 133 points, beating the Marley Magic, who... Another tough week as they had to start a quarterback that didn't play in, in any game uh, due to bye weeks and, and and things like that. So almost beat Jimmy G still. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, uh, Jimmy G one point, but it's still enough to give Colton the victory here against Ryan. Uh, Joe Mixon came back down to earth, uh, but everyone he just kind of had you know very average weeks for everyone. Lots of floors uh, were met here, and including Lamar Jackson, uh, I think fourteen points for him is is a, is a floor. It's the second time he's done it, but he's pretty safe with those rushing yards. So nothing exciting there, except that the Pit Kings uh, maintain a tie for the playoff spot just with the, the point tiebreaker. Now listen to this, Spice. I don't know if you've seen this. The tiebreaker for the sixth playoff spot is determined by points, and the popular ballers and the Pit Kings are separated by .06 points. Oh my gosh. So... I don't even know how to calculate .06. Wow. It, it has to do with passing yards because that's the only way you get that second decimal. So, yeah, that's truly insane uh, through five weeks that they would be that close. So we'll we'll see what happens uh, in that spot as we go on. Uh, man, what did you think about Wyatt and, and Katie's matchup? This was kind of our premier matchup this week. Uh, you know, I thought it was very good. I thought that... Justin Herbert is very good for her, given her team. Mm-hmm. And that DeAndre Hopkins is very good. And that I'd say DeAndre Hopkins 
has exceeded. Like, I did not think, even for him, I thought there would be a more adjustment. But I guess they just tell him, like, do whatever you want. And Kyler just throw the ball kind of <laughs> in his direction. He figures it out. He's unbelievable. But, yeah, her team is very solid. I feel like she kind of had a week similar to me. Like, not just, like, no one just unbelievable breakout game. Just, like, everyone did solid. Um, and, you know, Wyatt caught a tough week with the with Terry McLaurin having a pretty down week for him. Uh, and Tom Brady. But, like, when I look at like Wyatt's team I'm like oh his team is great he caught like he caught like a hard matchup so yeah he still still scored more than everyone but what but you and Katie so I'm not uh feeling down or or bad for the winter faces here they're gonna get back on track next week they've had a tough uh schedule to open the season and uh yeah Kareem Hunt in the starting role without Nick Chubb he did exactly what you would want for him and really he could do more because he only got three receptions and we know he's he's a great receiving running back but 18 points for Hunt so I think he's going to thrive in that that RB1 role there for the winner faces alright that just leaves one more matchup this was the other matchup that was decided by Tuesday night as Ryan Tannehill with a great uh, 30 point performance brought the God Kings a victory to keep Brady firmly in the playoff hunt at number 5 and to uh, continue to help the Flamin' Hot cheetahs tanking efforts here uh it was a close one and a a good week for the flaming hot cheetahs with a an awesome performance from dk metcalf uh, but it wasn't enough in the end no it was not enough in the end thanks to some of hunter's hunches we'll talk about we'll talk about the the god kings uh Mm -hmm. some some players on there specifically but you want to talk about a some teams that are feast or famine players check out that flaming hot cheetahs versus god kings matchup (laughs) yeah like it's like people dropping 30 40 points and then people dropping four points and it's just so it's just like the the small infantry first and then the big guns come out and start duking it out but yeah on both both rosters there had some pretty dramatic swings of of scores so that's always exciting uh but yeah, I think another great, great win for for Brady. He keeps his momentum rolling here uh, with another good win, and uh, with some uncertainty in the popular ballers and a, a matchup next week against the Pit Kings. We'll have the first ever Game of Thrones as Brady Hyen takes on Colton Hyen, uh, God Kings versus Pit Kings for a very crucial playoff. A battle uh, of brotherly love for the throne. That's right. So we'll keep our eyes on that, and we'll definitely talk more about that next week. All right, Spicer, that does it. Um, we uh, the standings, not much change there. Nothing really crazy to highlight. Somehow, I'm still in second place after somehow getting a victory, scoring 126 points. So I'm very grateful for that, and we'll take it as long as it goes. But let's get into our awards. I'm very excited about the awards this week, and uh, I would love to have you start us out. Start us off. Oh yes. So <clears throat> first award, the sex up or shut up award. So this award absolutely has to go to the God Kings for playing yep. Chase Claypool. Like absolutely, how how can it not? I mean, I just cannot believe it that he touched the ball ten times. He scored a touchdown four of those ten times. Goodness, like unbelievable! Just what a stud! Yeah, he was incredible this Sunday. Um, 
we're going to talk about him a lot in the next few minutes, I think. Uh, so just uh, get ready for a lot of Chase Claypool talk. Uh, I hope you all like Mr. Claypool because he's going to be the second ever player behind George Kittle to get multiple awards and actually be mentioned in three segments. So uh, we can talk about him jointly because I'll just go ahead and, and spoil it that I gave him my workman of uh, Corporate Global Workman of the Week Award. Now, let me tell you, this was not a blue-collar or, or a white-collar award necessarily. This is what this award was. Mr. Claypool uh, is a rookie. He's an intern, you know, on the God Kings. And he uh, he comes into practice every week. He comes into the office. And this week, for some reason, you know, Devontae Adams didn't show up because he had the week off. John Brown was hurt. There was... Uh, Melvin Gordon, you know, had COVID with <laughs> the Broncos. So the the GMs were looking around, scrambling, thinking, we, we got to have somebody. In, hey, hey, kid, you, are you ready to go? And he was like, oh, yes, sir. And they put him in and they were like, who is this guy? My goodness, Chase Claypool. Uh, amazing victory uh, or amazing performance in this victory for the God Kings. I just, gosh, I'm, I'm jealous of, of him on his team. Now, uh, uh, okay, let me say this too. So I'm not going to do Hunter's Hunches yet, but I, I need to mention that I did have a Hunter's Hunches last week or two weeks ago, I guess now for Claypool uh, for a game that never happened. Um, now, clearly, I didn't think he was going to do this, but my whole premise of of that, if you remember, Spicer, was that Deontay Johnson wasn't going to play because he had a concussion. Well, do you remember what happened in this game? Uh, I do not. Did something happen early? Because I didn't catch the the start. Of yes, the on his first play, Deontay Johnson uh, got hurt with a back injury in my starting lineup, giving me a nice point eight point eight points. Um, so he was out for the whole game, and this led to the rise of Chase Claypool. So my hunch was correct. Uh, just I didn't necessarily predict that that was going to happen in that way. But I will gladly take some credit for thinking Mr. Uh, Claypool was was capable of great things. Yes, and, and this was this was the week of the fir- of the rookies starting. I feel like I feel like a lot of people with bye weeks starting and COVID. It's like, all right, let's give one of these like players that we've been watching score between like eight and fifteen points a chance. Yeah, and Brady has has another great re- uh, rookie receiver that he can plug in now with a uh, rugs con- showing that he is uh, going to be able to be healthy and, and score now with the Raiders. So, congrats, Mister Claypool for having the sex up award as well as a workman award you deserve both of them all right spicer do we get to have my uh, my favorite segment is is yours it's not mine it's it's putting people on notice so do we get do we get to put someone on notice oh of course we get to put someone on notice so, but first we have to take some people off notice oh so First, first person off notice, Brandon Cooks. Immediately. <laughs> Dude, you just, you gave me the double bird while running all over the field this Sunday, my friend. You just, you just you wow. pooped on my chest for a disgusting cliche. Yeah, um, same, because I benched him after last <laughs> week. Oh. I can't blame you. So, um, so he gets pulled off for obvious reasons. Um, someone else who gets pulled off, Kenyon Drake. He he gets pulled off because, um, you know, by the skin of his chin or by the hairs on his chin, he and he he is a smooth shaven boy. <laughs> um, he scored a touchdown this week. So the rules to get off to get off notice is you have to score 
or you have to or you have to break a hundred yards in either rushing or receiving. That's how you can get mm-hmm. taken off notice. You can, maybe for running backs a little different, but scoring a touchdown, you're off notice. But I'll be watching you, Kenyon. Yeah. You can always go back on notice quickly. He had a touchdown, but he didn't have much else. So no. um, he's uh, he's still on my naughty list for sure. And then now someone... So now for the, for the reminders to all of you at home about... Um, my boy T.Y. T.Y. Better. Looking better. But I'm sorry, bro. You are still on notice. And yeah, so my, I think that's fair. Um, and God, his grandma can't even get him motivated. I don't know what the problem <laughs> is. Um, and then my newest player, and I hate to say it, Hunter, but it's going to one of your players. That's fine. And Matt Ryan, you are being put on notice. And I'm sure Hunter is thankful that I'm putting you on notice. Because he is sick of you, I'm sure. He is vomiting. He he pulls up your picture when looking at his team on accident, trying to find info, and he is just disgusted. I can see his face now as he's looking at it. I'm literally looking at his picture right now, looking at how he had seven (laughs) points, and I'm very upset. Uh, The only thing I have here to be hopeful about is that the Falcons fired Dan Quinn, like we talked about. And I just, I mean, it worked for Brandon cooks. So look what happened with him last week. His coach got fired and he scored 30 points. So, uh, yeah. Hey, maybe there's a theme here. Spicer puts someone on notice. The coach gets fired and they turn it around. I'd be happy with that trend continuing. That's true. The, the getting fired part is, is definitely interesting because I was going to say T Y cannot, he is, he and Phillip rivers do not have good rapport. He cannot get it together with him. Oh, Philip Rivers. We'll, we'll yeah, talk about him about in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, goodness gracious. Um, well, all right. Let's set it up here. Matt Ryan, you've been put on notice. Thank you for doing that. As always, Spicer, I'm always appreciative when you do that to my players. Um, up next, um, I'm going to do these out of order traditionally because I want to jump over to Hunter's Hunches real quick to keep T.Y. Hilton fresh on our minds. You know what? I like that idea. Hunter's Hunches gets a win here. Uh, he may not have scored enough to get off notice, but he did score enough to beat out T. Higgins for the Pit Kings, like I predicted. The Pit Kings did start Mr. Hilton. Uh, they didn't really need him. The difference in points was only a couple, but uh, my hunch was correct here. Pit Kings get a victory. Everyone's happy. Hunter's Hunches is officially one and one, but with the Claypool thing, there's an asterisk there, and uh, I'm starting to feel good about my hunches. So let me give you this week's hunches. I wasn't able to really get a good hunch on any of the losing teams, so instead I went with an important matchup here, which is uh, Wyatt's winner faces taking on your Bruce Matthews, Spicer. This is a crucial game. Uh, you can afford a loss, but uh, Wyatt, it'll be tougher for him if he uh, continues to lose, at least for playoff seeding purposes. So what, I, what I've got going for him is he's got some bye weeks this week, um, and he's got some players coming back. He doesn't have a whole lot of tough choices in his lineup, but if I had to go into his mind, I would assume the one he's going to be waffling over is Ronald Jones or Daryl Henderson in, his, in probably the, his flex position. And Henderson has been outscoring Ronald Jones when he's gotten the majority of the touches. He seems to have uh, proven himself as the most productive back for the Rams. And Ronald Jones is just doing fine, right? 
But against the Packers this week, I'm going to have a, a I have a hunch that Ronald Jones is going to put in if he doesn't have a lot of yards, I can see this being a very high-scoring game between the Bucks and Packers with Brady and Rodgers, and I can almost sense something like uh, Jones pulls an old like one of those, you know, those Patriots running backs who they used to just randomly in a game because Brady would get them into the red zone, they would just get like three or four touchdowns in a game for a running back. Um, I, I have a feeling a game like that is going to come up for Mr. Jones here shortly. Um, I don't think it's going to be Fournette. I think it's going to be Jones, and I think it's going to be this week. So, Wyatt, my hunch tells you start Ronald Jones. Can, can I ask one question about the uh, the hunch too? Just because it's a, a weird thing. If if Chris Godwin plays, is he worth starting over Jones given the Forty uh, ers situation? Or, or sorry, oh, yeah. given Tampa Bay? Okay, because he's yeah, on absolutely. IR for him right now, and so. Yeah, I think if he plays, you know, you probably, your flex is all wide receivers. Um, you probably got McLaurin, Moore, Lamb, Beckham. Oh, and, yeah, he has to play a running back. You're, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, well, he may, I don't know if, uh, he might not even, this may, this situation may not even be too helpful because I, I really struggled with this segment this week, finding a good, uh, like, scenario. But I think this is a good one because one of his players probably it's i wasn't even thinking about godwin because i didn't even see him that down there but yeah if, if godwin doesn't play this is a go if not um i would definitely start godwin so don't <laughs> even question that um but cd lamb will be interesting to monitor going forward without Dak prescott um we'll see if andy dalton can can keep that rookie productive going forward all right spicer up next for you we have what do we have cheeks Oh, yeah. Let's get some cheeks pinched. Yeah. So uh, I really wanted at first I, I almost gave another award to Chase Claypool. And I was like, you know what, though? Uh, th- this is going to sound bad in my other league, which is just a one year league. I dropped him because I was like, well, I, I, I still won both of my games this week. But it was like I it's so different when you're not playing Dynasty, the value of Chase Claypool. Oh, right? yeah, for sure. And so I don't I don't feel too bad. But I was like, but I dropped him. So I would break the laws of pinchable cheeks, which is the whole point of you want them on your team. And I dropped him. So I can't do that in my own good conscience. So this award goes to none other than DK Metcalf because, mm, oh my gosh. And this comes from, this is the feeling of like, if I was going to ever overpay for a, a player in a trade, it's DK Metcalf because that Same. dude is incredible. He is awesome to watch other than his rookie like or like his young blood like fumble at the goal line that happens once every every football season he's been incredible yeah i forgive him on that i think that you could honestly spin that into a good thing for him as like just a wake-up call to just always be on on point 100 of the time and he he has been ever since that just that drive, that 94-yard drive, he had three consecutive, I think they were consecutive, uh, catches from Russell Wilson to get them get them into that touchdown. And he's just, man, he's so good. And he, like they said this on the broadcast and everything, but he's so young that all of his like route running and like his skills can continue to develop. Like usually receivers are not this good in their second season. Um, and he's attached to Russell Wilson in his prime, like, my goodness, I would love to have him on my team. So I think this is, he could get this award every week, honestly. Yeah. And yeah. 
All right, uh, let's move on. Uh, our f- final award uh, here is the the uh, Multiverse Award, the What If of uh, Multiverse of Sports. So, all right, but well, let me say the line. Let's take a look into the multiverse of sports. So the first part of this bit, the multiverse, is that what if we just didn't realize that we didn't actually talk about the Kevin Dyson play last week and we had just done that segment? How different would the podcast have been? Uh, we wouldn't have sounded like fools. And what's also funny, and I hope some people connected these dots, minutes before we talked about this, we uh, lauded Tom Brady for a short-term memory loss and then said, I wish we could do that. And then immediately we did it. <laughs> oh man! So that was fun. Um, I uh, we don't have to spend too much time talking about this since we kind of uh, messed it up last week. But Spicer, I do want to hear a little bit. Just give me a taste of your thoughts uh, from from young Spicer. If if Kevin Dyson had scored the touchdown and the Titans had won a Super Bowl when you were a child, so my my real life experience would have been I would have been uh, overjoyed. And then something stupid would have happened, like the Titans would have missed the extra pointer. I think they might have had to convert a two-point conversion or something to win or whatever. Something horrible would have gone, and I would have just been even more devastated. <laughs> is honestly what I think probably would have happened. Um, but in the in the real life world, in the in this version of the multiverse, uh, young Willie uh, cried his first and last tears at that point, and mm. since then he's been jaded. That's my sort of. <laughs> fictional hyperbolic version <laughs> i love it um we uh we talked a lot about the week five this week so i, I don't want to keep you all here in our in our fictional room of the multiverse for too long but um i do think i wonder i i don't think this would have impacted me much like i said as as a kid i was a colts fan and i was rooted for the rams in this um the super bowl because of kurt warner but maybe it it either would have done one of two things. It would have quickened my hatred for the Titans, or maybe it would have gone the other way, and maybe I wouldn't have hated the Titans as much as I do um, because I would have had to respect them. So, but yeah, that uh, that play is burned into everyone's memory. But somewhere in the multiverse, it never happened because he got in for the touchdown. All right. So this week's what if was uh, a, a pretty difficult as well. There wasn't. There was only I think one case of it. Uh, where you could have started a player for a victory, and it went to the flaming Hot Cheetahs uh, with Alexander Madison. Now, I know you might be thinking, why would he have started Dalvin Cook's running back just randomly? But I'll tell you why, because he started him last week. So um, the flaming Hot Cheetahs have a kind of an interesting roster right now. They've made some trades to get rid of some some pieces for competing and, and trying to get young. Uh, he did start Cam Akers for the Rams, who didn't do well, and then he started Traquan Smith for the Saints in the flex, uh, who I I think either of those guys could have easily have been benched for Madison. And uh, if he had done that, he would have beaten the God Kings. And I think this is an interesting one because if Noah would have won this week, he would have been at two and three, which is currently tied for a playoff spot. And um, either he would have had to start trying harder to tank or maybe he thinks, hey, my team is pretty good. Maybe I don't need to tank. Maybe I just need to go for it. So Yeah, I think he's on the tank command right now. Yeah, I th- I, he may have been happy that he didn't. Um, and I, I'm coming for Mr. Madison. I, I'm going to be sending some pretty hefty trade offers your way with Dalvin Cook being hurt to to secure my backup there. All right, we've uh, we've rambled, we've rambled, we've we've put it off, but let's get to the AFC South. Woo! Um, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Titans beat or the Texans beat the the Jags. Bill O'Brien's gone. Woohoo! Good for you, Texans. Uh, the Colts are terrible, Spicer. You think so? You think they're terrible? No, but Philip Rivers is. <laughs> I don't know why I got my hopes up because, you know, this Colts team is going to be exactly like some of his Chargers teams over the past few years, except for maybe a little worse. I'm not sure. And we've had a ton of injuries on offense. Maybe when Paris Campbell gets back, that'll help. But it's just, he is a meme. Like, you give him a chance to win a game at the end, and he just, he never does it. He never does it. He throws the worst interceptions. I hate putting my faith in Phillip Rivers. He just looks like a goober on the field. I don't know. And it's not like I'm like, let's put in Jacoby Brissett because I don't think that's the answer. I think we have to do Philip Rivers. We paid him like 20-something million dollars. So I'm just, I don't know. I'm a little bummed, I guess. Yeah, I was going to ask because of the, the Jimmy G benching, if you feel like the Colts may be like, man, we watched Jacoby Brissett play for a while, and I liked watching that a lot better. <laughs> like, I don't know. And the defense played f- – fine that they, they didn't stop baker mayfield at all in the first half it got better in the second half um but you can't you can't do that you just can't you can't so we'll see i think they do have i mean they're three and two and like it could be fine i guess um they've got to beat joe burrow this week uh they just have to um gotta gotta win these next two Bengals and lions uh because then they have to play a very tough stretch of games with ravens titans packers titans <laughs> so they could very easily go oh and four there um so we'll keep we'll keep our eye on it, but man, that AFC South looking a lot uh, more like it's going the Titans' way after last night. It certainly was a great game to watch as a Titans fan. It it felt like wow, we are actually doing what we want. Like it's a like game plan executed exactly how the coaches would 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 draw it up. Like multiple turnovers that turn into touchdowns. Um, special teams plays, uh, great offensive plays, like two minute drive, like two minute drill drives, like just everything going their way. And I have to give a lot of credit to me being a Tannehill doubter. Mm-hmm. My, my goodness, he looked awesome. Like he did, he looked amazing. Like just every, uh, even just decision making wise, like he threw seven incompletions and ran the ball four times. So like he dropped back like thirty two times. And ends up passing it for a completion 21 times and running four of them for 40 yards, like, and a touchdown. Just exactly what you, I think, like, exactly what the Titans need at quarterback for them. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've definitely been critical of him and saying, like, he's just been a game manager or, you know, he hasn't really proven that he's, like, really great yet. And he was really great last night. And I, I think. Um, as someone that's n- that's not a Titans fan, I I want to give permission to the Titans fans listening to overreact to this. Like, usually I would try to find a reason to like to like try to bring you back down to earth. But I mean, you didn't have all your assistant coaches. You had some players out. The whole COVID thing, like they hadn't played in two weeks. They haven't been really been practicing. And then to to all of that considered, and then to come out and not just beat the Bills, but to like just smack them. Um, this is crazy and it is unexpected like like let's not pretend that anyone could ever have seen this coming um but 
it was a beat down and you didn't even have a good game for Derrick Henry. Uh, it was very inefficient aside from getting those two touchdowns. Just, you know, lots of rushes only had 57 yards, but he did have easily my favorite moment of the NFL season with that stiff arm. Oh my gosh. He just like one arm threw him. It wasn't even a stiff arm. It was like he put his hand in his yeah. chest and threw him aside like a he rag banished doll. him to the shadow <laughs> realm. Yeah. Yes. Swagger realm. Say hello to the shadow realm. Josh oh, Norman man. will forever be a, just uh, that. I just hope it plays on repeat. And like you all know that, you know, my Titans feelings are mixed, but I've always uh, I've been critical of of Henry as like a prospect and everything. But I love watching him play. And this is why, because I like Tractor Cito was full on on Tractor here. <laughs> and like I just I've, I'm not kidding. Every time it came up on my Twitter feed last night after the game and during the game, I stopped and watched it like twice because it's hilarious. Like I was, I was laughing out loud by myself watching it. And for some reason, I hate that most of the like replays of it I've seen have been in slow motion, but watching it in real speed is way funnier. <laughs> yes. It is so funny. To just, he just it, goes it, flying. It's almost like he's playing in the wrong league. Like it looks like he's playing like, like he, he's like the kid who, when you played little league sports, you were like, Oh, that kid's definitely 14. Someone lied He's on in the wrong certificate. Grade. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, that's how he was. I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen his like high school highlights and stuff. Like there are, there are very many like hilarious high school highlights of Derek Henry that I feel like they get shown a lot on TV, but if you haven't seen them, look them up because he does this to kids in high school, but you're right. It looks like he's back in high school, just throwing around some poor, like, you know, eighth grade kid that had to start for his little country <laughs> school yes 100 percent. that's exactly it oh man oh i love it I, I loved every second of that play it just oh my gosh and there's been lots of good memes about it too um i i wish this had happened on sunday because i don't want it to fade from the news but i'm going to be enjoying this for several days to come yes me too also i do want to temper everyone all the titans fans all 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 thousand of us out in the world um that one thing that I did think about is as soon as the Titans heard that they weren't going to play the game, they were probably game planning for the Bills. So there is a part of me that's like, hmm. yes, they blew them out, but they hadn't. They probably had a couple of extra days to plan, plus the extra Monday. Like they didn't play till Tuesday. So there's a part of me that thinks like, it, taking this as the Titans off the bye week. Um, if we were thinking about the game that way, maybe you feel a little bit differently about the fact that, well, maybe there's a blowout because they really were able to scheme with more time. Yeah, it, it does make you wonder because this was the first, in my opinion, the first good team the Titans played this year. But the other three weeks we talked about, you know, they weren't able to cover the spread. They barely pulled out victories. They needed the kicker. And the first time they play a good team, they just destroy them. So uh, <laughs> I don't know what that means, but um, we'll find out. One thing I'm curious, uh, I don't know if you have an opinion on this, but like, let's say four or five weeks from now, I'm really curious of this game, if it will have said more about the Bills or the Titans. Because one of these, I think, was probably a fluke or it was an uncovering for one of them. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And, you know, even great teams, even like the the chiefs and the ravens like they have their just their games where it's just not clicking like yeah it wasn't clicking for josh allen unfortunately not at all or devin singletary which that was something i was going to say too about i wonder if why it considers playing zach moss 
I want. Yeah, I don't know. He he didn't play any this week because he was hurt. Um, but TJ Yeldon, if that if you can swap out if if Moss were to get all those touches, then I mean, yeah, he he had a good game on the ground. Uh, he he had one long run, uh, which kind of inflated his numbers um, rushing. So it wasn't like he was that much more efficient than Singletary, but he did get uh, a nice reception touchdown that um, I don't know if Zach Moss can do that, but Singletary can. So we'll see what happens. Um, I like Singletary, so hopefully he, he does better. Uh, touchdown Navi needs him too. Yes. Well, Spicer, that's all I have for this week. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed the show. Do you have anything uh, to say to our fans as we exit? No. Let's have a great week, everyone. All right. Uh, sorry there's no Thursday Night Football. Hopefully we'll get this out to you before then, and you can pretend that you're watching the game as you listen to this. Uh, as always, thanks for joining us on the Corporate Global Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hollis. And I'm your host, Will Spicer. See you next week. See you next week.